Hello, 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 and welcome to the Anti-Racist Enneagram Podcast with Jessica Denise Dixon, where we look at life and healing at the intersections of the Enneagram, anti-racism, and embodiment for personal and collective liberation. Let's go. Not trying to get by. Trying to get by. I'm trying to get free. Yo, yo, yo. So this episode is all about the body. And I wanted to play some kind of like R&B song, like my body all over your body, baby. Your body all over my body. It's your body, baby. All over my body, girl. Um, I didn't. <laughs> but we're here now. So let's talk about the body because embodiment is such a crucial thing to, to practice when we're talking about anything around our healing journeys, anything around anti-racism or anything around the Enneagram. The Enneagram can remain and does remain for some people a purely intellectual or philosophical thing, but it has embodied realities in the ways that our Enneagram type, though it's about our motivations, it's about the heart quality of our passion, it's about the, the mental qualities of our fixation, it's about our defenses, though it is about those things, those things are driving us around the ways that we show up in our bodies. So our embodiment matters. And living in the culture that we do, a culture that upholds whiteness as supreme, that upholds patriarchy as the norm, that upholds capitalism as the way to be, these things disembody us. Because if we were really in touch with our bodies, how could we look and see someone being oppressed and not do something? How could we do that? These structures, these constructs have robbed us. They have stolen so much from us. And one of the things that they have stolen is our embodiment. Is me being able to be with you and, the, and how that matters. So embodiment is, is talked about on a bit of a larger scale these days. So I'm just going to go into like what I mean when I say it, because you might watch a webinar or read something about embodiment and, you know, someone else might have kind of a different definition. And my definition is very much subject to expansion, to changing, because that's what liberation is. Liberation is always in the expansion of, of our world. So the first thing I mean when I talk about embodiment is how you actually relate to your body. Like, do you have a relationship to your body? Now, I'm a big fan of body positivity. I absolutely love it. I think that for me, working toward loving my body has made such a difference. Last year, last fall, I ended up gaining a bunch of weight and it was so sudden. 
And I was just like, what is happening? Or it happened last summer. I was like, what is happening in this body? And I haven't lost it. But what it's given me is so, so much of an opportunity to actually just be present to my body as it is, rather than relating to it as some ideal, some ideal that maybe is possible for it, but also the ideals that I've held that aren't possibilities in this body. So I'm a big fan of body love, but that's not the only option. Maybe you start with body regard. Like, do you understand that you have a body that like you need to feed, you need to give water to? (laughs) Maybe you start with body loyalty, just being like, okay, we're in this life together. So I'm going to be loyal to you. Maybe, you know, you start with just body respect or body honor. Like I might not like you all the time and I might not like every part of you, but I do respect you because you have been my home. You have been the reason I've been able to move through this world. You have been the reason that I'm able to live. So how we relate to our bodies and whether we see our bodies as just kind of um, something outside of who we are is going to make a difference. You know, I often do work with white people. And one woman I was speaking to was saying like, I kind of see my body as like an extension of me, but not who I am. And I think that this is part of this construct of whiteness that others, all other bodies have identities that are part of them, but whiteness is cut off from their own experience of it. But this matters. And for the white bodied person, this often comes with a sense of shame. It can often come with this sense of like, I don't want to be associated with that. But this is how we move forward. This is one way. The second thing I mean, and it leads us into the point two, is understanding our embodied identity. So that means like understanding that you have an identity and it has historical and present day context. Maybe you have an identity like, Uh, Maybe you're non-binary and that has been historically rejected in this society. And maybe there's a certain amount of that now, but also maybe there's more space for it. So that is all going to shape how you live. My skin color, having this brown skin, going out into the world, having an Afro. I used to straighten my hair or get relaxers going out into the world as a fat person, all is going to impact both how I move through the world, but also how people interact with me. And this is just a reality. So the second part of embodiment is really understanding that. And I think that these really go together because, you know, and when we're talking about like liberation or anti-racism, we want our work to be embodied And we don't want it to be performative. And so if you're not able to acknowledge yourself and you're you're not actually able to relate to yourself, if you're not able to love yourself or regard yourself, how can you actually say you love the black body or that black lives matter if you don't feel like you matter? One of the foundational aspects of my work is that we are inherently worthy and valuable 
inherently lovable, inherently praiseworthy. As my mentor says, an unrepeatable miracle. And so these are important aspects of our embodiment. They're important aspects of liberation. The third thing I mean is actually understanding trauma. What are the ways that we dissociate from life? What are the ways that we go out into the world? How, how do we react? You know, for the white bodied person, so much of this is understanding, oh, that was a fight response. Oh, that was a flea response. And understanding the difference between emotional reactivity and a trauma response. Because for the white bodied person, for the privileged bodied people, so the more privilege we have, the more important this work is, is to distinguish between what is just me being uncomfortable and what is actually a threat to my safety. In one of the episodes, we're going to talk about culture and how when we're enculturated, when we're socialized into a culture that actually lands at a pre-verbal level. So we just think of it as the way we are or the way the world is. And that's going to shape how we react. It's going to shape what we feel like is an acceptable um, way to respond to something. You know, whether we go into um, fight or flight, whether we stay and freeze, whether we go into appease or collapse. These are all embodied experiences. Now, because we're not being chased by tigers, for most of us probably who are listening to this podcast at least, um, we don't necessarily get into physical altercations all the time, or we don't necessarily physically are running, you know, are running away. Um, but these things show up in how we how we engage or disengage from our um, relationships in conversation in community. So knowing your propensity, maybe you have a strong fight response. Maybe you want to work out bringing the flea response in. You know what I mean? Like we don't always like we 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 can do work around these things, but not if we don't understand. Because our bodies are always they're so beautiful and they're always trying to get us to safety. They're trying to avoid harm or death and get us towards safety. But our nervous systems, they don't have time context and they don't have situational context. So we may be in a perfectly good place, but our bodies, our nervous systems are reminded of something. And we go into these reactions and what we get the chance to do, and which goes into point four, is to create safety within ourselves, is to come back to ourselves. Because the point of embodiment is not always to um, be connected to our bodies. It's no to say like, oh, in that situation, I needed to dissociate to, to get a sense of safety and to come back. Trauma is not an event, but it's an experience that we have. And our abilities to cope, our abilities to process it are gonna be shaped by many things in our lives. But creating safety within ourselves is a practice that we get to choose that we get to choose every single time we have this reactivity. And then the last thing is our emotional intelligence. 
So our emotional intelligence is multifaceted, but part of it is actually like knowing what's happening within me and being able to regulate myself and then being able to see what's happening in another person and being able to manage them and have a conversation with them about what's happening with them. So a lot, many people, I won't say a lot, but many people who have come from traumatic backgrounds in which they had to kind of navigate their caretakers or things felt really kind of threatening. And so they had to actually like really be out here. They had to be out with the other person. They couldn't, them focusing on how they felt about something wasn't an option because there wasn't time, there wasn't space. And if they took too much time off from paying attention to their environment, it could be, it could lead to their harm. So some people are overdeveloped in their sense of what's happening within someone else and underdeveloped in what's happening within them. And part of it is, you know, understanding what emotions are happening and also where they live in our body. How does that live within us? When I'm angry, do I clench my fists? When I'm sad, you know, maybe I, I hunch my shoulders over. When I'm confident, the shoulders go up and back. You know, how does, how does, how do our emotions, how do they live in our bodies? Do I know that? Am I aware of that? And am I aware of how my emotions impact other people? So our emotional intelligence is an important part of our embodiment. And all these things are going to be able to shape how we move forward in liberation. And all these things are shaped by and shaping our, uh, how we express our Enneagram type. So, um, when was the last time you got into your body? Which aspect of embodiment do you resonate the most with? Which have you not explored yet? Embodiment, like, everything that I'm probably going to talk about in this podcast is a journey. It's not a one-time thing. Going to yoga one time, it supports you in your embodiment, but embodiment ultimately is a practice. It's a practice of being with yourself. It's a practice of knowing when you need to pull back and knowing when you can move in. It's a process of, uh, of, of figuring out who are the people that I feel the safest with in my body, who I can be fully me with, who I can let down the protections, even if it's for five minutes of my life. So that's our podcast on embodiments. I will see you again soon from love and for liberation. Peace. I'm not trying to get by.